Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This is a mobile podcast today. I'm actually on a walk. So you're going to hear some beautiful birds behind me, maybe a little bit of wind, maybe a car or two. So that's the podcast today. We're going to be talking today about focus, how to avoid distractions when you're playing, and we're going to be talking about optimal strategy. It's a little different format today. Good morning. It's a little different format today. We got, uh, see, told you I'm walking. A little different format today. We got a couple of questions, a couple of emails from friends of ours, players, but also friends of ours who uh, have been with us on our journey inside the pickleball system for a little bit. And so we actually more than a little bit, but you know what I mean, been on the journey with us. And we uh, got a couple questions and I thought they were kind of questions that rather than answering them one-on-one, they were the sort of things that pickleball players generally ask in their minds if not in emails. So we're going to go over those today. I'm going to start with Bob's question. Bob's been with us for a while now inside the system and also, you know, working on the pillars, right? He's very focused on working through the pillars and making sure that he's doing what he needs to do to improve as a pickleball player. And he's talking about, he asked us about focus and avoiding distractions, right? So how to avoid distractions and stay focused when he's playing. Specifically, what Bob talked about was, you know, he's out there playing. He's really focusing on his footwork, right? So he's really focusing on keeping his, you know, getting his footwork right and really uh, taking his time with that, which I highly commend. Footwork is one of those areas that players overlook. You know, they basically, you'll worry more about the way the paddle moves and things like that, which is important. But if you don't have good footwork, none of that's going to matter. So footwork, super important. Spend some time on it. So he's working on this footwork. And he's playing a player who apparently has a really good return of serve. Very low, but deep. And so it was causing him and his partner some trouble, that return, that, that particular serve. So Bob was talking about how he was working on his footwork, focusing on his footwork, and then felt like he needed to change his focus to stroke mechanics, right? Where he's standing on the court, stroke mechanics, balls and, you know, holes in the ball and things like that. And so it caused him to become distracted or more specifically, I'd imagine, even though he didn't frame it this way, it caused him to focus on too many things at once, right? So instead of being focused now, he's looking at too many things, can't focus on anything, can become a little overwhelming and you can, you can feel frustrated in those situations. So the question is what to do. All right, let's break it down. First of all, um, a recommendation would be when you're working on something like footwork, right? Or you're working on something like your stroke mechanics, try not to work on those while you are playing. That is really hard to do. What you want to work on those on footwork, stroke mechanics, anything mechanical, you want to work on those off the court, at least off the play court. You can do them on the court. But you don't want to do them while you are playing pickleball. While you're playing pickleball, there's so many other things going on, including what kind of serve am I getting, right? Where do I need to stand on the court? Those types of decisions that you really don't want to be working on mechanical aspects of the game like footwork specific or stroke mechanics. You want to do those things when you are drilling. And so what you're going to do is you're going to drill those things off the court, if you will, or off the the play court anyway, you can do it on a court, but off the, you know, not while you're playing, you want to drill those skills. Then what happens is when you're playing, you don't have to think about them. Those things will just happen. They'll be natural. 
you'll just, you know, you'll get out on the pickleball court to play and you won't have to think about the mechanics that you're implementing. Think about it like this. You know, we think of, we think of the mechanical side, you know, the, the ability to do stuff as self too. And if you've heard our, our uh, discussions on the inner game of tennis, you'll understand self one and self two, but self two is the doer. That's what you need to know. And so like right now I'm walking, as I said, I'm not thinking about my left foot and my right foot, my left foot and my right foot. That's just happening naturally. That allows me, I just crossed the road and I'm doing a podcast. That allowed me to look to the right, no cars coming. Look to the left, car coming, wait. Then car passes, look to the right, no car. Look to the left, no car. Now I cross the street. Now imagine I had to do that, but also worry about my left foot and then my right foot. My left foot and then my right foot. That'd be impossible, right? Too many things going on. So I need the left foot and right foot combinations of my walk to be natural. That's self two doing. And it allows me then to focus on my conversation with you and the car's coming. And if you notice, I paused there for a second, you know, about a minute ago. That was so I could then focus more on the cars, right? So, you know, we, we, you can't have so many things going on in your mind. And the point of it is don't work on stroke mechanics. Don't work on footwork when you're playing because it just simply does not work. And it'll lead to the frustration that Bob experienced in that game. Instead, work on the footwork off the play court. When you come to play, focus on the things that you need to do while you're on the court. In other words, you know, so-and-so serving, I know they have a good deep serve. I need to stand here and then you can play the game a little more enjoyably that way without focusing on stroke mechanics while you're playing. One other quick note, Bob talked about diagnosing, which is perfect. He was talking about how he wasn't able to diagnose what was going on because frankly, there were too many things going on. He couldn't diagnose why he and his partner were missing some returns of serve. Diagnosis is a little bit different. For, to diagnose, what you're gonna do is you're gonna look at what the outcome of the shot was, right? So you're basically looking at, okay, my ball went into the net. How did it go into the net? Or my ball went long, or my ball went wide. Was it to the left? Was it to the right? And then with that information, you work backwards and you determine, okay, if it was a net shot, left or right, more likely than not, trajectory issue, right? In other words, I had a problem with my trajectory, either up, down, or left, right. If it went long, or sometimes it went into the net. If it fell short into the net, that could be an energy issue. And if you don't know about energy and trajectory, highly recommend you join us inside the pickleball system. Inside the pickleball system, we explain to you energy and trajectory. Those are the components of every shot. You need to understand energy, you need to understand trajectory if you're going to solve uh, stroke mechanic issues or, you know, shots that are going not where you want them to go or not, not going as far, going too far, going to the left, going to the right, or hitting that darn net. So energy and trajectory is how you figure that out. That's how you diagnose the problems in your game. And once you understand energy and trajectory fully, what you do then is you have the tools to diagnose, right? To become your own doctor on the pickleball court and to solve the, the riddle, if you will, or solve the puzzle as you're playing in terms of your shots. And what I'd recommend is if you need help with energy trajectory and you're already inside the system, go back to those modules. That's what they're there for. Study them again. Really make sure that you understand energy. Really make sure you understand trajectory and how they impact your shots. And that'll allow you then to diagnose while you're playing. In a minute, we're going to talk about 
optimal strategy in a specific situation Steve asked, specifically about keeping the opponents back when you're on the return side and they're on the serve side. Stay tuned for that part of the podcast. The 2022 Pickleball Summit is here. June 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th, the largest gathering of pickleball professionals anywhere gets together to bring you the perfect third shot drop, the perfect dink, the perfect volley, the mental side of the game, taking care of your body, other strategy, tips, and techniques that'll take your game to the next level. There is no cost to join us for the Pickleball Summit, but you do need a ticket. The best part of it all, it's an online summit coming straight to your home. I'll link below, register, and we'll see you there. All right, now we're going to turn our attention to optimal strategy when you're playing. How to determine optimal strategy and make adjustments in real time, which is the key to playing your best pickleball. If you can't make adjustments in real time, it's very difficult to play in real time. Now, listen, you can still grow. You go out there, you know, an opponent presents some challenges that you're not ready for. That's fine. And then what you do is you go back to the drawing board, you figure it out, and you come back out again swinging next time and try and make the adjustments in real time as you play, and that's part of the process. So Steve in Houston has a situation that he was presented with where he's trying to keep his opponents back and what he's doing there. Oh, before I get into this, there's one more question I'm going to answer. We got a question actually through the podcast. So at the end, I'm going to answer that question in this podcast. So uh, what he's dealing with there is he's dealing with uh, opponents who, you know, they're on the serve side. He's on the return side. So Steve's on the return side. And he's using the strategy of keeping them back, which is a strategy that we use inside the system, inside our pillars of pickleball, and the strategic pillar in terms of how to best play the game. So he's doing that, but his opponents keep hitting the ball over, back over and over again, sometimes lobbing, sometimes dropping it inside the NBZ. But from what I understood from his question, they were staying back. So they stay back, they lob, they hit, they lob, they hit, they don't come forward. But they also don't apparently, you know, miss very often. They just keep working. So should he keep them back there? What's the optimal strategy? Or should he start angling the ball or doing something different with the ball rather than just keeping them back? So there's, let me just preface it this way. There is no automatic answer here, okay? So there, and, and that's one of the beauties of pickleball is it's a game of, you know, you, you do something, they do something back. Then you do something back, then they do something back. And it's basically like this, you know, it's this real, it's this game that evolves as it, as it progresses, right? As you're playing it. And that's where we talk about real-time solutions where you're going to execute a strategy, then they're going to execute a strategy, right? And then you're going to try and figure out a counter strategy. Generally speaking, we like to keep our opponents back. The reason we want to keep them back is when we're on the return side and they're on the serve side is because we have the positional advantage and the serve team or opponents have a positional disadvantage okay so that's normally what we want to maintain now if they're hitting shots in this case with steve from the baseline and they're not hurting you no harm done just keep doing it right now it may seem tedious it may seem uh boring you know that, that, and not, these aren't steve's words these are my words uh, you know, it may seem like, well, I'm just doing the same shot over and over again. Maybe that's what you got to do, right, in that situation. You just keep them back, keep them back, keep them back, keep them back, keep them back. Remember, they're not hurting you, right? 
because all they're doing is, is just staying at the baseline, hitting ball after ball. So you get some good practice on your punch volleys and things like that. Now, if you want to try and hit a winner from you know, time to time, you can do that. You just need to understand that there's a risk. Whenever you try and hit a winner, you're adding a risk to your shot that isn't there when you're hitting a keep them back sort of shot, which has more margin for error, and you're just pushing that ball over the net and keeping them deep. So you can try and hit a winner, right? Uh, but you need, to, you need to weigh the pros and cons of that, right? You need to weigh the percentages. If you're hitting winners at a high enough percentage rate, then that works fine. There's no problem with that. If you're missing a lot of the shots, then maybe you go back to a keep them back approach uh, and, and just, you know, again, just keep them back, keep them back, keep them back, and, um, and let the percentages of the game work themselves out. Because, again, remember, if they're back at the baseline, it's really hard for them to challenge you, for them to threaten you uh, or hurt you from back there. This is an example of how, you know, you're just going to have to, um, you're going to have to weigh the odds of doing one versus the other. Uh, and trying to determine what the best strategy is at that time. I'll give you another example, another sort of uh, thing you can explore, and, and Steve talked about this in his email, is do you hit the balls short to them? There is a world in which you're playing an opponent who feels more comfortable playing you from the baseline. Let me give you an example of bangers. You get into a situation where you have these bangers from the baseline. The, these op opponents appear not to have been bangers, but the, uh, they, the, they did stay at the baseline. Bangers generally feel more comfortable banging balls from the baseline. That's what they're used to from their tennis days, right? Far away, they just bang, bang, bang. In that situation, you can bring that banger forward. You can bring that banger closer to you. The idea here, though, is you have to bring them close, and then you have to let the ball go. If you want to see that strategy, we have a, a video on the Into Pickle channel on YouTube that talks about diffusing bangers. We go, it's a clinic that I did in, uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida showing how to defuse bangers and it's uh, basically you bring them forward and then you let the next ball go or you get them into a dinking battle with you which is not what they want to do so now you're bringing them into your world but that's an example of a specific strategy to deal with a specific type of opponent but what you what you're showing is you're showing an understanding of the game right by by using those strategies you're saying i know what you're trying to do and you're trying to bang me from the baseline and bangers can hurt you from the baseline so you're hurting me from there. So let me take that away from you now, right? In real time, I'm gonna hit shorter, which is not what I would normally do, but I got a special treat for you as the banger. I'm gonna hit the ball shorter, but now you need to, if you, if you don't have the discipline to get out of the way, now you've made matters worse. Because if you're gonna let them bang at you from up close, that's a harder shot for you to handle. What you need to do with that ball is let that ball go. And that's an example of, again, the, the, the back and forth of a pickleball game in terms of figuring out strategies and counter strategies for what works and, and how to, how to try and, and maximize your chances of winning. One last note on this particular subject before we move on to the last question of the day. It's important to be thankful for these opponents because these opponents are pushing you. These opponents are making you a better player, making you become a better player by, by forcing your hand and by stressing you. I'm going to address that in next week's podcast, but we're going to talk about that more in detail. But consider the idea that you should thank your opponents when they make things hard for you. There's the, the train horn telling me I'm done with this. I'm done with this part of the podcast. I'm going to be back in a second to talk about the last answer, the answer to the last question that was posed by one of our listeners. The 2022 Pickleball Summit is here. June 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. The largest gathering of pickleball professionals anywhere gets together to bring you the perfect third shot drop, the perfect dink, 
the perfect volley. The mental side of the game, taking care of your body, other strategy, tips and techniques that'll take your game to the next level. There is no cost to join us for the Pickleball Summit, but you do need a ticket. The best part of it all, it's an online summit coming straight to your home. I'll link below, register, and we'll see you there. All right, we've made it home from our walk, so we're going to answer the last question of the day. comes from, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, I think it's Lana. Lana asked us a question inside the podcast. So if you have a question, you can ask us directly on the podcast if you want to. And the question Lana asked is how to handle a situation where a player hit a return of serve and it appeared to be aimed at her face or at her body. And it, it's the third time this player had done it, so it did not seem to be an accident. Uh, Lana said that she basically lost it, is how she put it, and kind of ruined the, the day for herself and just kind of made her not want to go back and play pickleball. So this is a uh, unfortunately not uncommon. Uh, this particular type of conduct is not, this particular one isn't as common, but the idea of a player doing a thing or things that uh, make our day uh, not just a bad day, but are, are either harmful to us either physically or mentally um, happens more often than we would like. I'll tell you what, what I have done myself personally in these situations is I will actually not get on the court with a player who I believe is a danger to my physical body. Now that doesn't mean you know if the player accidentally hits a ball once in a while up in the in the face area at my level of play, I'm okay with that. Uh, but I'm talking about you know like there's players who are just out of control, uh, maybe not aiming there, but just you don't know what they're going to do. And every time they hit the ball, they're hitting it 400 miles an hour. Um, I am not going to get on the court with someone who I believe um, there's a chance that they may hit me in the face. Uh, or anywhere with the ball, uh, you know, in a non, not in a non, uh, in non uh, correct manner, in the sense that they're not actually, you know, it's not like they're trying to do something; they're just out of control. And so, basically, think of it this way, Lana and everybody: you have agency over your, over who you play with. It's not just not just control over what you do when you're on the court. You actually have control about you know who you whether you get on the court to begin with. Remember, you decided what even what facility you went to, right? So you can go to different facilities and play pickleball. So you're choosing to go to that facility at that time with that group and play. You have additional control over whether you get on the court with that particular player. What we recommend is that you exercise that agency. And Lana, if you want to read more about it, go to wearepickleball.com in our blog section. You will see a blog that's called No Thank You. You can just search the whole website for No Thank You, and you can read the blog there and 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 get a couple other stories about uh, not playing with somebody and understand the concept a little better. So that's our advice. If you're ever in that situation, whether it's someone targeting your face or your body or just otherwise behaving in a way that is detrimental to you personally or to your day on the court. All right. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, remember, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends because if you like it, they probably will too. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.